Hey guys, welcome back to Table Talk with Tiffany. I'm your host, Tiffany Taylor, and this is Table Talk. This podcast hopes to serve a purpose by being a virtual table where I can gather my friends around and we share stories of courage, inspiration, and faith. I'm so excited to have you joining me today. Let's Table Talk. Thanks for hopping on here literally so last minute. I just had so much free time. I'm like, I would really love to like use this day to my advantage and get like some episodes recorded. So I'm just like really happy, number one, to talk to you because we haven't talked in a really long time. And um, honestly, like this was the goal of my podcast is like, I want to have all my friends on because I want to share you to the world. So thanks for being my friend and thanks for being like a part of this. So I'm really excited. I love being your friend. That's the best. Um, so let's hop right in. I'm recording and I want, um, I want you to just share with the world, the listeners, the audience, like who you are, um, how we know each other and what you're doing in this season of life. Great. Well, I am Andrew Maniachi. I am from Austin, Texas, but I am living in Redding, California right now. I am currently an admissions advisor for the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, and I'm doing that full-time. And I also serve uh, my mentor, whose name is Mike Maishiro, and he does a ministry called NUMA, and I am on his client services operations team, where I help build relationships with people and leaders outside of Reading to try and get Mike to travel and speak more often. And I also help with some of his events that he puts on and I help him write his captions for his Instagram posts. And he also does a a School of Reformation online and I help facilitate small groups every other week to help the students process the content. And what else did I do? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm 31 and you and I know each other. Yeah, very single, (laughs) not very single, but single. And I, (laughs) yeah, we know each other from BSSM. We both did all three years and just graduated last May. And we were part of the same housing community. We were in brother and sister houses, which was fun. And I miss it. Um, But life's good right now. Mm -hmm. Everyone's complaining about 2020 and I'm like, I'm thriving. (laughs) I don't know how people do it without Jesus. Yeah, Uh, That's true. I think, yeah, this like pandemic I don't want to go too much into it because I want to keep people listening (laughs) um but if I didn't have Jesus I would I would still be outside my mind but I would not have peace and yeah people need Jesus we need Jesus I need Jesus 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we were a part of the same housing community. And I was thinking about this today um, because like, you know, moving home has just been, you know, transitional and very different from living in like such a full, rich, thriving community of, of course, my roommates, but like the group of guys that we got to share the housing community with, like, you guys are some of the best men that I know. And I'm so thankful for you guys, like really to have um, just like brotherly friendship with men who I fully trust, feel so safe with, have so much fun with. Um, I'm just like thankful and I don't know how to better like, um, replicate it I think that it was just so special but mm-hmm. Andrew you were somebody who we knew for the full three years and yeah. I think that I've seen you grow and step out into like someone who's really authentic over the last three years can you talk about like what the housing community did for you and like how you grew from living in community yeah absolutely oh man so my house the guy's house (laughs) we were called testosterone home super clever (laughs) and (laughs) we there were 14 of us living on this property um and i was spoiled because there was like a main property and then like a guest house attached to the garage and i was in like we called it the annex. I was in the separated part with two other guys. And so I didn't get as much of the commotion because I had a little place where I could run away to if I needed. (laughs) But um, the community thing is so important. And I didn't really grasp how important it was until doing this process of living with all these people and actually caring about them and letting them care about me and opening my heart vulnerably to like what this could be and not putting a expiration date on it. Cause we, we all knew, okay, school is nine months long and you can go into a relationship like with the mindset, Oh, this is going to be over in nine months or you could remove that completely and just let God do whatever he wants and fully invest into people without trying to self-protect. Oof. And, mm-hmm. and maybe it will end in nine months and maybe it won't, but why self-sabotage it and force it to end in nine months? Yeah. It, I think we do that a lot, but I learned so much about the Lord and realizing that he's every single person is a unique expression of him and getting to know these people it was getting to know God and I I think God chooses family Mm -hmm. um it's not always just blood Mm -hmm. I mean when people say they have friends that feel like family that's probably because it's real and I don't think that we were all doing that together on accident Mm -hmm. and I think we've made some lifelong connections that are valuable and 
important to our process and yeah. I would not trade it for yeah. anything. It was incredible. And I, you can't fully know yourself outside of community. You need- How, what do you mean? Cause I agree. You need but... feedback. You need- Oof. Yes, talk about you, feedback. You cannot live in the light and nobody see you. It doesn't you can't make any live sense. In the light and nobody see you. That is so good. Oh, uh, Andrew, and I, we're, we're mean, like five minutes in, and I feel like I'm gonna cry. <laughs> oh, it's the Lord. I mean, seriously, we are called to live in the light. We oh. are made of light from the Father of Lights, and um, in order to live in the light, you've got to be honest. You've got to be vulnerable. Mm. Yeah. You've got to let the the living, moving river inside of you is like pushing stuff up to the surface and you can like hide it and try to be a good Christian. Yeah. Or you can let it out and allow your community to like wrestle with it and mm. negotiate what is real and who you are. And yeah. you can figure out, do I, what what does honor look like here? How, how do I want to love these people? selflessly and how do I want to I mean we need to be known yeah it's part of our design is to be known so so for somebody who is like yeah I want to feel I want to feel those feelings I want to feel known I feel like I'm living in the dark I feel like I'm hiding myself I don't know how to come into the light not like somebody who's not living in sin but who somebody who is like really wanting to have community how does somebody step into that like what are some ways that someone can bring themselves into community and find life-giving relationships yeah I think everything flows in the spirit through desire Mm. I think your first step is to admit that you want it and then delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart I don't think desire is a thing that we can come up with or generate it's not like a thing that's from us I think God plants seeds of desire in our heart with the intention of manifesting those desires and so if we delight ourselves in him he's going to give it to us he's going to inspire us to move forward in specific ways that are going to align us with where that's coming from Mm -hmm. or or how that's going to happen so the first thing is to admit that that's in your heart that you want it and then follow the lord i mean there's not going to be a formula Mm -hmm. i hate formulas i hate religion um it's relationship it's intimacy it's It's being honest with God mm-hmm. and vulnerable, being vulnerable and honest with yourself, getting to know your whole person, um, body, soul, and spirit. Um, and then it's being willing, being brave to actually share those things, even when it's no one's asking for it. Mm-hmm. Be brave to share things when no one's asking, even if someone's not asking for it. Yeah, not in a, not like you're forcing, you're not like 
forcing things on people that they don't want, but mm -hmm. you're, you're honestly representing yourself. You're mm -hmm. present in the moment and you're showing up mm -hmm. arising and shining and, and not like suppressing yourself because of lies you believe about rejection or performance or yeah. whatever else is going on. Yeah. Like people, you got to believe that Jesus is the truth. Truth is a person. So anything not found in him is a lie, which means it's not real. And there's no rejection in Jesus. So not wanting to show up because you think someone's going to reject you is just self-sabotaging. It becomes mm -hmm. a self-fulfilling prophecy when you believe people aren't going to accept you. Mm -hmm. And then you behave in a way that causes them to not accept you because you're trying to protect from that. Yeah. It's just a big cycle. Yeah. How do you break the cycle? <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> oh, you have to disagree with evil and you have to agree with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Simple um, as that. Yeah. Like you have all the power and authority. Evil doesn't have that stuff. Mm -hmm. But evil has found a back door which is you. And if it can propose an idea to you and you can agree with it, you give it permission to operate your faculties mm. and to, to like pull up your memories and your everything and convince you to justify this lie mm. and behave in a way that's outside of yourself. Yeah. So you have to, you have to disagree with that. You have to believe what God says about you. You're, loving dad mm -hmm. who sees you as perfect and you have to accept that even when it's uncomfortable yeah totally yeah totally somehow we've decided that meditating on worry and lies and anxiety and not true things can make up 90 percent of our day and we like we'll spend you know, an hour or something mm -hmm. in prayer and like, hopefully that's, that's okay. But like what I've found in my personal life is like, as much as I believe something that's not true, it takes work to believe something that is true. Like if I'm trying to unlearn something at the beginning, it feels like I'm lying to myself or I'm like, I actually don't believe that. Like I'm so lovable that, you know, whatever, like it, it feels like untrue, but then as you keep working it and you're like, no, this is true. And then two weeks later, a month later, six months later, you believe the truth and the lie sounds like the lie. So I would just encourage people who are like listening to you spit wisdom, like just start <laughs> Just uh, like take some, take some scripture verses and like write them out and declare them and simply say, God, I believe you. Help me to believe you. Help my doubt. Help me to believe that the truth is setting me free of this lie cycle that I'm in. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It takes repentance. Mm -hmm. And the thing about repentance is God grants that. You don't get to control it. Yeah, it's good. It's not it's not up to you. I mean, your own faith isn't even up to you. He's 
he gives us the gift of faith he it's his faith that we tap into Mm. and he believes in you more than you do thank god for that (sighs) okay i used to be riddled with rejection i was like the i used to think i was totally introverted but it and i believe the personal personality tests and I wanted to just play video games by myself and isolate. And I wanted, I didn't want to have like uh, materialistic conversations with people. Mm. Like if it wasn't immediately spiritually deep, then I just didn't care about the actual human that I was interacting with. Mm. And it was gross. Was that self-protection? Yeah, I was afraid of being known. I was, you know, I was afraid of being rejected and, and even in college, like I loved dorm life and I loved just like people coming in and out of rooms on the hall, Mm -hmm. like unexpected and just always having people to hang out with. But a lot of those relationships that I thought would last forever went away because I didn't actually connect heart to heart with people Mm. I like was performing and uh they didn't really know me Mm -hmm. and so (sighs) that's a scary place to be when you're in friendship and you you have an expectation that this is going to last a long time and unfortunately in the middle of it you don't know that you're performing and you don't know that you're actually not bringing your full self um into this relationship for someone to know you and impact you. And I feel like that's something that I've, I've really found within our community in Reading is like, I feel like we really knew each other. I felt like we made a deep impact on each other. And it, it's just like, how, how can we like teach people to do it again? You know, because I want people to experience life-giving relationships. My brother asked me the other day, um, we watched some movie and like this guy just like came and like gave this girl a really good hug, like just a friend to friend. And he asked me like, does physical touch for men feel different than women? And I immediately thought about y'all's house. And I was like, Yes, it does. And I totally welcome it if I feel safe with the guys. Like if I feel unsafe in my heart, then physical touch doesn't feel good. Like a hug, scratches on the back, anything. Like if I don't feel safe, um, if I don't feel safe with you because I've, because I've done the work of the heart feeling safe because you've let me know you and I've let you know me in a safe friendship community way. Um, then yeah, I love brotherly hugs and I love brotherly affection because it, these are my friends, you know, and it just made me, made me think like, why do I feel safe? What makes you feel safe in relationships? And I think that it is the vulnerability factor of like, you've let me know your heart 
and your heart is good and trustworthy. Therefore, I know that I can trust you and I can feel safe with you, you know? Yeah, even that is, um, I would say, borderline inappropriate. Like the idea that we get to lean on our own understanding of people's worth in the area of trust and we get to demand that they perform for our trust because we've decided that trust is our commodity that we own and we get to decide how to trade that and we're bartering our intimacy with people for me trust is a spirit it's the nature of love love always trusts and, and that that spirit can express himself in different ways he can say yes he can say no but our heart posture towards people should always be trust um because that because we we don't trust them because they're trustworthy we trust them because that's what he's doing um so yeah like there's definitely that relational equity of like we've both been vulnerable together we've built intimacy here this is appropriate for us to engage in this way but there's also like what's the lord doing Mm-hmm. Are, are you like limiting what he can do because you've decided that safety is a higher value than obedience or or what like we always have to check okay. that motivation yeah totally I agree with you that's good Andrew <laughs> you said you said earlier that the guys in our house were the best guys do you think that somehow that house just attracted all the best guys in the world or do you think that we became the best because of the house like i'm curious um well i think i would say that it's maybe a hyperbole like i don't want the other men in my life to feel like oh well where do i stand like you know what i mean but i think BSSM is such a beautiful journey that it was marking for me and the people who I like walked with I mean I will just never forget them you know so mm-hmm. I think like when you walk in different ooh, when you walk with people like there's a different beautiful relational bond that you have you know I think that what Thomas the landlord like interviews guys to live there like he's not just accepting anybody I think that he does a beautiful job of of choosing like who to live in that home because his vision is for discipleship and our first landlord Kaylee like they were doing this together um so I think like there was a setup long before we got there that was cultivating discipleship and community in a way that we just freely got to step into and so I think there's a level of legacy there that we inherited um and I think that it was the choice that we made towards one another to be friends 
and to go past um, uncomfortability and keep choosing each other over and over again, even when your friends fast for 60 days and are wearing a black suit. <laughs> um, or when, when you don't want to, you know? Um, because there are people in that house that I never got the chance to know in first, second, and third year because there wasn't choice there. Um, yeah. So I don't think that, I think the best guys quote is just because there's a deeper mark on my heart if that makes sense you know so yeah and you know having I think that there's this idea that I don't know where I learned it from but I learned that like men are not emotional they can cry but um it's rare to find like emotionally healthy and present guys and um and I just found that that wasn't the case with with you guys you know I found that these guys help me process my own heart they're coming with different strengths that this is a podcast about, about Tiffany Graff. <laughs> um, but, you know, helping me process my heart from a, um, a different perspective, you know, one mm. that I don't have strength in or like that, um, I mean, God made men beautifully. They made them strong and masculine and tender-hearted and able to see things that people don't and so I just I mean I was a I can think back on a couple different conversations where with you or Jeremiah or Felix or Jake like on the back porch and y'all are poking things out and you're like is this really true and I think that there's a level of like Um, what men feel like they bring to the table is like not the ability to fluff up anything that's there because there's human ability to fluff up things. But what I love is that most people can just shoot straight. <sighs> um, so yeah, I, I do think that you guys are some of the best guys. <laughs> Enough Aww. that I would start crying. My gosh. <laughs> yeah. Y'all were the best. Like, my opinion, y'all's house was better than our, our house. You guys were, as a whole, way more connected with each other. And, and I loved going to y'all's house way more than having y'all over at our house. <laughs> just because that it just felt like your whole house was participating in our visits mm. whereas our house there were some guys that didn't fully choose in and there there was that dissonance mm. that I always felt but 
<sighs> well, we're here now. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't know I was going to be so tender. Oof. That's okay. That's good. And I hate this idea that men are not emotional because mm -hmm. I just don't believe it. I think like as we're raised in the world, we just get proposed all these lies from spirits that suppress us and blind us from ourselves. And, and part of knowing yourself is knowing what you're feeling and <laughs> why you're feeling it. And, uh, and I'm excited to be part of changing that and helping men like, yes, connect with their emotions and and be real people and mm -hmm. be able to contribute to their relationships in a way that's helpful and life-giving. Yeah. Um, I'm here for that too. Yeah. I really, I'm, I mean, I love what Jason Valentin is doing. He's leading like this men's discipleship group yeah. and it's all about men connecting to their heart. And I'm like, yes, I just feel like there is a movement across the world happening where men are waking up to letting go of the idea of being perfect or put together. But I think it goes back to the vulnerability thing, like just letting mm -hmm. yourself be known. Like it's not scary to be known and it's okay to cry. Like there's no apology there. Oh, I don't know who that was. Was it working? Um, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I just warned it. Sorry, person who just called me at 1221 on a Thursday. <laughs> oh, okay, Andrew, here's the real question. When are you coming to visit us in Texas? I am for sure coming to Austin uh, around Christmas time. Okay. Uh, my dad's birthday is two days after Christmas. He's turning 60. And my mom wants to have a big party for him. So I agreed I would be there. So okay. I will be there around Christmas time. So we'll have to make something happen mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, I would love that. Um, you know, Joy just moved to Austin. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. She lives in the, con um, not the condo, the apartment complex right next to Tab. Nice. Yeah. I just saw Tab. She made a surprise visit to Reading. Yes, I was so jealous about those visits. I just wanted to be them so bad, <laughs> but it's fun. So good. Well, um, okay, my last question that I ask my friends is, if you could throw a dinner party and there's no budget and no restriction, tell me about it. Like, what would the table setting look like? What would the activities be like? Who would be coming? What's the apparel? Like, tell me all of it. Oh, gosh. Okay. I think I would do, I would rent out a cruise ship. Yes. And then we would go on a Mediterranean cruise. We would hit Italy and Greece and all these great places. We would just have all you can eat food and drinks on the ship we would be partying doing karaoke we would have comedy shows improv comedy musicals 
um, playing games. We would port and we would go travel these different locations and, uh, and just experience the cultures. Um, and then at the end of the cruise, we would just all get drunk in the spirit together and just <laughs> enjoy the presence and, um, and celebrate life together. I love it. Oh, I want to go. Whenever the party <laughs> happens, I'm there. Cruises are the best. Um, yeah, I really think that we should we should plan one for our houses, but that can be an offline conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, well, Andrew, thanks again for like hopping on here and being such a down friend. Always, always down. Always down. Yeah, that's on my bio. Always down. <laughs> no, and it's not. Anything, well, I think it's a good one for anything, whatever it is. Andrew's there. Mm. Okay, as friend. As long as it's good. Yeah, as long as it's good. <laughs> Let that be in there. Yeah, yeah. we're there. <laughs> Thank All you right. for having me. This was fun. You're welcome. Yeah. This Love you. Time. Love you too. Bye. Bye.